Hey everybody, Jenny Lee here. Welcome back to the Boost Podcast. And today, in light of the fact that the wonderful season of Lent begins next week, we're going to be talking about the three predominant forms of Christian penance. We're going to be talking about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving today. So there's lots of ways that the Christian can offer penance, offer their conversion to the Lord after they've sinned. Um, But the three predominant forms are these ideas of fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. And I'd like to go into each of these just a little bit and maybe give some concrete examples. And hopefully, as you pray about what where you want to um, particularly grow in these areas during the Lenten season, by next week, you'll have had time to chew on it, to think about it, to pray about it, bring it to the Lord, and see how he's asking you to change your heart this Lent. So let's dive in first to the idea of fasting. Now, we know that there's a lot of ways that we can fast in the world today. I can fast from social media. I can fast from using my computer, watching TV. Um, I can fast from a lot of different things. But on the very, very base level, fasting is fasting from food and drink. And the reason that that is the most important type of fasting, why that's the most fundamental type, is because of the fact that it changes how we relate to ourselves. Um, In the Catechism 1434, um, these three types of, of penance are the most important according to Scripture and according to the Church Fathers because they express conversion in relation to ourselves, to God, and to others. So fasting expresses a conversion to myself. So I am depriving myself of something that I enjoy. I am depriving my body of something that it wants, that it doesn't necessarily need in that, in that time, in, that, in, that, in those days when I'm fasting, but something that carnally I want. Um, and so what I do when I fast is I, con- I convert my heart And I make sure to remind myself that my body is not in charge. The the wants of my flesh are not in charge of how I live my life. So fasting from food is the most fundamental, the most important type of fasting. So during Lent, we do have days of fasting and abstinence. So we fast and abstain on Ash Wednesday. And then we make sure to abstain from meat like we do every Friday um, throughout the year, if you're not abstaining from meat on Friday, you should be um, replacing that with uh, an equal penance every Friday. Um, But every Friday we abstain from meat and we fast as well on Good Friday. Um, And so this is such a fundamental type of penance because, again, it speaks to something very you know, very, very carnal, very, very base in us. It speaks to our animal instinct because our animal instinct is, well, if I want to eat, then I should eat. I should, I should be um, storing up food. I should be careful about what goes in my body. And you should always be careful about what goes in your body. Um, but what we're doing when we're, when we're purposefully fasting, now this is not like dieting. This is not me saying, oh, well, if I, if I don't eat food today, then I'll lose a couple pounds. No, this is intentional fasting, giving up something that I want 
for the Lord, in order to grow closer to him, in order to remember that my flesh is merely flesh. And while it is important and while I should treat it well, it's not the thing that's going to carry me into heaven. That's my soul. So reminding myself by fasting that my body is earthly, that my body is going to die, but that my soul yearns for heaven. It yearns for heaven more than my body yearns for food. So as we go into Lent, ways to increase fasting would be, okay, maybe you've never really fasted from food before. So cutting out one meal um, on, on Fridays would probably be a good place to start. Um, not drinking alcohol, not drinking anything but water. You know, maybe having a cup of coffee in the morning, one, and not drinking any other type of drink throughout the day except for water. Um, cutting out snacks in between meals. Making sure that your meals are really only what you need, not necessarily a whole bunch of other stuff. So like baking your chicken instead of, you know, frying it up in something delicious like oil. Um, making your food very simple. Making sure that it's nourishing you, that it's doing what it's supposed to do for your body, but also kind of removing a bit of the aspect of the pleasure of it because to eat is a pleasurable thing. We know that in Louisiana. We make some really good food. Um, But knowing that this food is only for this lifetime, whereas like the food of the Eucharist, the food of God himself is for eternity. So little ways that we can increase fasting right there um, from food particularly and then if you would like to add on to that there's always like I said fasting from social media from television from um, you know whatever it is that you might you might kind of have added on to your day maybe it's uh, turning off the radio for a few minutes on your commute to work and just praying you know fasting from the constant sound that surrounds us uh, in our day-to-day life And just trying to insert that silence to be with the Lord is a really good way to fast as well. Um, The second type of penance, the second fundamental type of penance is almsgiving. And almsgiving is really important because this is the type of penance that that the fathers say is um, expresses conversion in relation to others. So almsgiving is me giving of what I have, obviously, to the poor. Now, we may be people who tithe to our churches. Um, We may be people who give to those on, you know, when we see them begging on the street, if we go to New Orleans or if we go somewhere where there's a large homeless population. Um, But almsgiving is very purposeful as well. Just like fasting, just like prayer has to be purposeful, almsgiving should also be purposeful. So during Lent, what we should be asking ourselves particularly is, okay, where can I pull back from the things that I desire in order to help those who have nothing get what they need. So what can I give up that I desire so that others can have what they need? And that's really important because we can forget that, you know, when we, when we just kind of live our day-to-day life, we can forget that there are those who don't even have the, you know, simplest of things, the most basic human needs. And you've been a listener to our podcast for a couple months now. You know that last year, before the election, we did a talk about, um, about the principles of Catholic social doctrine. And one of those principles is the principle of, um, of solidarity. And the underlying idea that only so much as what I have to, that I need belongs to me. All of my excess wealth 
belongs to the man next to me who doesn't have his human basic human needs met. So any excess that I have belongs to the poor. Um, and that's a hard thing because a lot of us are like, well, I just want that little thing. It's not, it's not a huge thing that I want. I just want that coffee in the morning, or I just want that, you know, that, that extra, like really pretty dress that I saw, um, whatever it might be. And those are, those are okay. Like those, those desires are okay. But especially during Lent, we're trying to mortify the desires for earthly things in order to remember heaven, in order to remember that eternal somewhere that we want to be with God forever. And so almsgiving helps us to convert our hearts towards God and towards particularly towards God in the other person and really change our perspective. Again, changing that perspective from I want these things in the flesh. I want, um, you know, that, that car. I want that you know, whatever it might be, that camper, and, you know, I'm, I'm just going to buy it because I have the money. Okay, like, but do you really need it? Is it a basic human need, or is that money going to be best served for your neighbor, for the person who has nothing? So almsgiving can be something very simple. It can be giving up that, you know, $5 latte from Starbucks in the morning and collecting that money throughout throughout the season of Lent and then writing a check to um, to an organization that you think is worthy, that is helping the poor, um, to, it could be something huge. It could be, you know, you were saving up for something much bigger. And, you know, if you sit down, you pray and you talk to the Lord about it, and he says, I want you to give that to the poor. Um, he might be asking that of you. So don't be afraid if he is asking that of you. Um, God provides, like, period, in every circumstance. And so he will provide for you. He will provide for, for all those who, who love him and who are in need. Um, so that's a little bit about almsgiving. And that's something to maybe think about, like, how can I really actively put that into my day-to-day life? Because that's one I know for me that I don't, I don't think about it until like way later. And then I just kind of write a check and, you know, think of an organization real quick and then I send it off. Um, but being really intentional about how we do almsgiving is really important because we want to grow. We want our souls to be ready for heaven. And the only way we do that is we build intentional souls. We build virtuous souls. So those are the first two that fasting and almsgiving ways that we grow penitentially throughout the season of Lent. Um, and then the last one that I want to just take a look at is prayer. So this one might seem, um, I don't know, depending on who you are, it might seem really easy or it might seem really difficult um, to increase your prayer time during Lent. Um, I know that most of us live very, very busy lives. I know that um, I myself am promised to pray certain things throughout the day and still sometimes find myself swept off my feet all day and then realizing towards the end of the day that I've got to add all this prayer time in that I just didn't make time for throughout the day. And so I think that really the most important part when we're talking about prayer is, again, that idea of intentionality, the idea of making the time, keeping the time, being faithful to the time that we tell the Lord belongs to Him. Um, So Sundays. Uh, Right now during COVID-19, it's a weird thing um, to, you know, maybe you can go to Mass, maybe you can't. Even if you can go to Mass, it might be still a very strange experience for you. Um... But being able to set Sundays aside for the Lord, not for um, 
cookouts, not necessarily for family gatherings, but setting particular time aside for Jesus, for the Lord. Um, You can do all of those wonderful family things as well, but those should always come second to time spent with the Lord. It should always come, you know, after. There should never be anything put before that importance that Sunday is to be kept holy. Um, that's, that's one of the commandments, you know, that you will keep the, keep holy the Sabbath day. And really what that means is not, you know, sitting around in a chair, not doing anything and not trying not to sin, but rather engaging in a deeper relationship with the Lord as best you can on those days and really every day. So Sunday is obviously the most important going to mass, if mass, if you're physically capable of going to mass, watching Mass on television and, and really entering into that spiritual communion. Um, if you're not able to do that, adding in, doing the readings for Mass on your own, praying through them, doing Lexio Divina with them, spending the time mapping out the hours that you're going to spend with him. Um, and then other than, other than going to Mass every Sunday, partaking of the sacraments, you know, partaking of adoration. So here at St. Hilary and St. Anthony, we're going to have mercy nights throughout Lent every Thursday from 6.30 to 8. And during that time, we're going to have time for adoration. Obviously, Jesus will be exposed out on the altar. And we'll also have time for confession. So there's a sacrament right there. And there's time to just sit and be with the Lord. You know, we're going to have resources for, for how to do that well and how to have a I don't want to call it a productive holy hour, but a holy hour that leads you somewhere, that leads you deeper. Um, we're going to have resources for that. But as to the sacrament of confession, we always have the sacrament of confession here at St. Hilary. And um, we you know, hope that you can partake of, if you can't come to these special mercy night hours, coming to the sacrament on Saturdays or on Sundays before Mass or during the week. We have, we have confession every day. And the beauty of confession is, I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-blowingly beautiful. But the beauty of confession is that when we come with a, with a truly contrite heart to the sacrament of confession, when we are really sorry for those sins we've committed, they are erased. The Lord does not hold on to them. We sometimes try to hold on to them. I know I do. Um, but the Lord does not hold on to them. And so that sacrament is just always is always available to us. And it can be kind of scary sometimes for some people. I know I, I used to teach teenagers and they were always afraid that the priest was going to judge them or that he was going to think badly of them. And I used to tell them, honestly, there's, there's so much to unpack there, but like, number one, he is not going to remember. He has so many other people confessing sins to him. He's probably asking for the grace Lord to just forget um, these sins after they've been said and after he's giving them, given them absolution. But two, he's heard it all before too. <laughs> you know, if he does remember those things in the back of his mind, he's not going to be surprised by the things that you bring. And in fact, if you haven't been to confession in a really long time, he and the Lord Jesus, more importantly, are going to be delighted that you are home. Um, the sacrament of confession is such an easy door to open if we can just be humble, if we can just be vulnerable, um, and the Lord just comes in and sweeps us off our feet and forgets it all. He's like the, the, the father of the prodigal son. 
he forgets it all and he sweeps us into his arms and he crowns us again. So the sacrament of confession is, obviously I can't speak highly enough of it. Um, so we have the sacrament of the Eucharist, the sacrament of confession that are available um, so often. We have daily mass here at St. Hilary. We now have a Saturday um, morning mass at 8 a.m. So if you're um, new to that, don't forget because that's pretty sweet. So 8 a.m. every Saturday morning we have Mass. But then Monday through Thursday we have 5.15 p.m. Mass. And then Fridays, Friday mornings we have 7 a.m. Mass. So a lot of opportunities for us to grow closer to the Lord there as well. Um, so if you can add maybe a daily Mass into your schedule somewhere, um, or maybe on Saturday mornings, uh, if you can add just, you know, a few prayers throughout the day, if you can set aside a full half an hour in in the morning every other day, let's say like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, set aside half an hour where it's you, it's you and the Lord. You take out your journal, you take out your Bible, you take out your spiritual reading, whatever that might be, and you read and you pray and you journal and you talk to him. You know, talk to him just like you would talk to anyone else that you love. And he will speak in those moments. He will, you know, it may not be the voice that you think it's going to be. It may sound a lot like your own voice with just a lot more conviction. Um, but the Lord will speak. He will move your heart um, and he will draw you deeper and closer to himself. So what we hope for you this Lent is that there are a lot of resources here at St. Hilary and St. Anthony for you. We hope that these would be things that um, can help you make some choices in the next week as to how to implement these types of penance into your daily life for Lent and hopefully beyond Lent as well. Um, you know, there's there's so much occasion for us to grow in holiness. There's so much occasion for us to fall deeper in love with the Lord. And these occasions are all around us all the time. And we just kind of need to open our eyes and be intentional and be, be ready for them when they come. Um, so... So yeah, hopefully this was a little bit helpful for you in kind of just a little refresher about what these three types of penance are, what little things you could do to really make them a part of your life. Um, if you're not really sure where to start or what to do, um, I really recommend talking to your pastor um, or talking to um, the either, either of the priests here, Father J.D. or Father Bruce, um, or if you're from a different parish, hi, it's nice to see you here. Um, but if you're from a different parish, talking to your pastor or your parochial vicar, um, if you have a spiritual director, talking to them about it is really important um, so that you can be on the right kind of track. You know, you don't want to be doing too little where you're just kind of skating through and not falling, you know, deeper into that relationship. But you don't want to be doing so much that it's impossible for you to keep track of it. Um, so... We want to be wise in the things that we choose to do, but we also want to be honest in the things that we choose to do and not to do for, for the Lord this Lent. So know that we're praying for you, know that we love you, and that if you have any questions or anything to ask us, any any comments about our Boost podcast or anything that you've heard on this episode, please feel free to email us at sthillarychurch at htdiocese.org. And we hope you have a blessed Lent and a wonderful day. God bless you.